What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Mentally Gone Daily. Um, Gabrielle and I have broken up, so um, she is no longer near me, and she I'm is right no longer here, going to be a part of this uh, project, of this podcast, of this show. I will be a part of this um, show because... I don't I know if you guys can hear that, show. but there's like a very annoying insect in the studio. <laughs> I think it's like a cricket or something that's just been clogging up the <laughs> microphone space the airspace and it's been hard for me to really talk without being interrupted which kind of reminds me of my relationship with my ex-girlfriend gabriella lopes Guys, please, that's not true this is false and um and welcome back to episode number 23 he already messed up by the way and uh I know that it's episode number 23 because I'm 23 and I will be running the show from now on. Hey and <laughs> and Callie will have no say. She has me trapped um, in the basement. <laughs> I don't have him trapped in the basement. Help. I don't know what that what that sound is coming from. I think I left my TV on. Just Help. give me one second. I need to turn it off. She's a Hold on, guys. I have to go turn off my TV, she and then I will it. resume this podcast. But anyways, guys, all jokes aside, uh, good morning. Guten Tag. Is that how you say the... Guten Tag. In German? Mm-hmm. What does that mean again? It's good morning? Yeah. Good morning. Guten Tag. Or they say guten morgen guten morgen <laughs> i'm probably like butchering the whole accent i'm making it them kinda, sound like uh it kind of reminds me of that spongebob episode yeah happy leaf erickson day hinga <laughs> <Yeah>. dinga dargan <laughs> that's exactly what it sounds like um all right uh so do you have any topics that you want to kick us off or do you want me to kick us off Oh, yeah, I actually did from last time. Wait, give me one second, though. We're going to have to do a quick little interval right here because I was not ready to open mine up. And this episode is going to be the first one on my end, at least, where I'm going to be um, introducing different uh, industry, like news about different industries that maybe a few of you guys are interested in. But also, obviously, tying in like a few conspiracies and a few juicy um, conspiratorial topics, if you will. But I also want to add a few crazy things that I've read, you know, like crazy headlines that just intrigued me and that I want to just share with you guys. And it doesn't necessarily have to fall into the conspiracy uh, socket. Yeah. But it's uh, newsworthy, I feel. Oh, I thought you were going no, to No, back share. to you, Gabriella. <laughs> So the one thing that I saw that was interesting was that there was a strange cloud that was spotted in Moscow. Am I saying that right? Moscow, Moscow. or Moscow, whatever. Moscow, Moscow, Moscow. But it was like this black cloud in the shape of like a ring. And and it was literally moving across the sky, just like moving horizontally across the sky, maintaining its ring shape and then in a second video of this cloud you see it just start disappearing like like kind of like clockwise like little by little disappearing and i don't know how many of you guys have seen the the movies nope by jordan peele and the other movie arrival i think it's called arrival um yeah it's about like an alien species and like alien contact oh yeah 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 
and I think it's Amy Adams, I think, is the mm -hmm. lead role in it. And she tries to communicate with this being, and it kind of reminds me of this video that you're talking about. It's like a, a circular, kind of like, uh, not not ghost-like, but smoke-like essence to it, you know? Yeah, and everyone is saying that it reminded them of the movie Nope. But, uh, but everyone's also just making jokes. Like, no one knows what this is. Like, some people are saying it's like a vape trick. You mm -hmm. know, like, they did, a, they did like, a, a smoke <laughs> ring, you know? Um, other yeah. people are saying it's, oh, don't worry, guys. It's just the birds. They're migrating south, you know? Or they're migrating back from the south. <laughs> the birds and the bees. Yeah. And, and there's just all these jokes because no one knows what what it is like someone said to me it looks like a flock of birds in a weird formation that does not look like a flock of birds uh, in no universe does that look like a flock of birds. someone said we get it bro you vape yeah <laughs> like <laughs> yeah <coughs> um nothing strange just birds migrating from the south to their breeding places and yeah everyone's just like making these sarcastic jokes and yeah. that's how america um and and almost everyone now copes with uh the with with anything any change any news yeah with like anything that we don't have answers to we, we just get sarcastic and anything like serious too which is what i kind of fear for the broader humanity i guess is that if anything like really 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 crazy were to happen i feel like the whole world would just like make it a meme you know yeah. like aliens could make contact and declare war on all of humanity or fallen angels like a bunch of people believe to be the case like whatever the case is um everybody would just make a meme out of it which is just interesting and kind of sad i just wonder why like nothing is ever really said about these weird clouds yeah. that show up like it, it it just ends up being a thing that you you <coughs> quite literally don't get answers to exactly like i just wonder i don't know that's crazy speaking of crazy um i read this article about how a food firm is creating meatballs from a long extinct mammoth really you know the mammoth yeah. elephant beings from the ice age like before the ice age yeah um so an australian company has produced a mammoth meatball using the flesh of extinct animals as part of a project to demonstrate the potential of meat grown from cells the company aims to mix and match cells from unconventional species to create new kinds of meat cultivated meat replicates the taste of regular meat but is produced without slaughtering animals it also does not produce methane emissions what so these are the um infamous lab grown meats which i don't know how many people are actually going to be on board with it yeah um with it with it <laughs> i don't know why i said it like that on board with it on board with on, it on board with it <laughs> jesus i can't speak today on board with it um, me, me, me personally, I don't know how I feel about like not only highly processed meats, but like this is like just fully processed meats. Like that's all it is. It's, it's fully manufactured by men, you know, like by, by humans. 
and it's created inside of a laboratory and then it's served to you um and it's supposed to like replicate meat or it's supposed to actually be meat in this case because it's grown from meat cells um i don't know how i feel honestly like how do you feel about that but it's grown from meat cells like how do you grow meat that how do you grow meat I don't know. I'm 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 not a scientist, but what? Um, I'm just trying to see. Uh, but 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 that's interesting. So this animal is is extinct. The mammoth, that's like the long corned. Yeah, yeah. The it's the, the one with the long tusks, not tusks. Oh, what is it called? Shoot. Yeah, it's like basically a tusk. I guess I don't know. Yeah, the tusks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is. That's so okay. So they're getting an extinct animal, yeah, and, and using its meat cells to generate meatballs, and and then eventually also generate like beef patties and stuff. Because I've seen videos on YouTube. If you, if you go on YouTube and you just type in lab grown meat, you'll see a few um, YouTube channels kind of like documenting that whole process and like showcasing like um, uh, companies that are ahead of all the other companies and like developing that science and developing that technology and it's very interesting like like they've had uh chefs like world star michelin star chefs kind of sit down and taste test and and also like try to like prepare these types of meats and they say that it's very close to being like uh trickable where you can almost you know like not tell the the difference between like a lab grown filet mignon and a uh, store-bought one oh, i don't i don't know anything about how they do this in the labs i really don't know like next thing you know we're gonna have holographic uh yeah, food and yeah. stuff <laughs> and and 3d printed foods are coming soon as well and i think that certain uh places in the world like you're already able to kind of obtain certain types of foods via a 3d printer but they're edible yeah just 3d printed food to eat i don't know how 3d printing works either the, uh, like what materials is it using in this case um it uses a series of like different types of organic material um and then that mixture of organic material uh creates the substance itself of the food i guess and then it's it comes ingrained or injected infused rather with um i guess like food coloring and and taste things that yeah. make you like taste the food i guess i don't know exactly how it works but i just know that that's like the premise of it is that it instead of using the um the actual molding stuff that 3d printers use to actually create stuff like the plastic the semi-plastic material it uses organic material mm, okay <laughs> um yeah it's a hard no from me yeah i'll stick to what's real and 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 those meatballs like it, it is fascinating how they're just able to do these things now these kinds of things but i i don't know i don't i'm i just stand by straying away from uh, lab created anything yeah yeah um they say that the goal is to transition a few billion meat eaters away from eating conventional animal protein to eating things that can be produced in electrified systems and we believe the best way to do that is to invent meat 
We look for cells that are easy to grow, really tasty and, and nutritious, and then mix and match those cells to create really tasty meats. Um, <clears throat> in 2018, another company used the DNA from an extinct animal to create gummy bears made from gelatin from a mastodon, another elephant-like animal. Uh, and yeah, and then this article just goes on to kind of like... Um, just like a deep dive into like what exactly it consists of and like what it's going to be about. But we're not going to do a deep dive on this episode at least. But I just found that interesting. Um, yeah. Oh, no. Um, what was I going to say just now? Um, but 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 that defeats the whole purpose of, of why people eat food, you know, why people eat real meat. Um, well, I don't know if this goes for everyone, but it's because like people who eat meat for their nutritional value, that wouldn't give you the real nutritional value. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying with like the ultra ultra filtered bottled waters that you're drinking, like the purified water um, where they're re putting back the minerals that it lost during the filtration process but it's not the same quality of minerals that you would have gotten had you not <laughs> filtered it right the with the whole process that they do it like high temp filtration and all this other stuff mm -hmm. and to like to try to re-implement the minerals in in this thing that that already isn't starting out with with those minerals like i i don't or not just minerals but like vitamins and nutrients mm -hmm. like how i don't know that's crazy yeah you're basic it's again <laughs> i always say like you're just eating chemicals you're eating lab made man-made like the whole point of eating something like meat is that it's from nature yeah and yeah, I don't know, like, what's going to happen in that sense. Um, apparently, from, like, what I understand is that they're trying to reassure the population that it that it is, like, very close to the, the actual real thing <laughs> because it's, like, created from meat cells. So it's not like they're saying that they're trying to recreate it using plant cells, even though I think I've read an article in the past. I don't even know if this is possible, and I might just be remembering things completely wrong. But I think I read something about them using plant cells to also replicate meat. And so, like, they're just trying to basically, like, um, I forgot what the term is, but it's not incubate. But it's uh, it's like a culture. It's like a cellular culture that that basically enables the, the growth or, or expedites the growth of of cells, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not a scientist, guys. I'm not a fucking astronaut. Yeah, me neither. What do you, think neither. I am, uh, you, what do you think guys I'm a think I am? Astronaut? And that's why I'm just gonna stick to eating, you know, what I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like I can't. Which is just raw liver and eyeballs and and. I actually, bullsack. guys, I do want to get into eating like uh, raw organs, but I I know that the taste okay, is not yeah, there. Which um, which guys guys. Which, which knowing you, like you are very picky with like taste of stuff. Yeah. And I think that the taste alone is going to just be very, very repulsive. 
Yeah, but but people said like you could just you know like one one two three one two three bite and chew. I mean, and then and and then just swallow it. Like you don't even need to do the whole like you know. It's not like you're eating a juicy burger and you're like savoring every bite and you're chewing it, you know, thoroughly. Yeah. And you're you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> all the vegetarians are like, oh my god, they're like puking their brains out listening to me I'm say that. Up right now in it's their like car. Th- eating it slowly and stuff. Yeah, eat it slowly. <laughs> really feel all the tendons and all the freaking <laughs> veins and whatever. The, oh the yeah. Ooh. But anyways, uh, so moving on from the meat topic, um, yeah. I I just wanted to share this crazy thing that I read also today. Um, Nashville shooter felt no other way to be seen, says Trans Group. The Trans Resistance Network has stated Nashville shooter Audrey Hale, who identified as trans, killed six people at a Christian school as she felt she had no other effective way to be seen. Calling the incident a dual tragedy, TRN cited the difficulties faced by trans people, including the recent avalanche of anti-trans legislation. The group says the factors contribute to a medically underserved population. I just found this interesting because essentially what they did here is that they victimized themselves. Of course. When, when, when talking about this tragedy where there were actual victims, actual people and kids who lost their lives and families who are now devastated forever. Mm -hmm. And what the trans community and the trans group and the trans spokesperson or whatever the fuck it is came out and made it a a clear statement saying that, oh, her actions were justified because she is a part of this underserved population. Yeah. Yeah. And we are a minority group, and therefore, these actions are okay. This is what I was going to tell you uh, yesterday when we were talking about it, right? On the other episode, um, how how we said, oh, like, they, there, there will be, like, conspiracy theorists who will say that it was planted to make the trans community look bad, you know, mm-hmm. and and portray them in a negative light. But then in my head, I thought, what about the vice? Like, what about the opposite of that? Like, what if this is like a um, a ploy from the trans community that's like, this is them putting their foot down and it's like a protest to what has gone on? That would be a crazy protest. And I think I speak for everyone. Despite what your sexual inclination or political aspirations are, I, sp- I I think everybody would agree that they would become enemy number one if that's how they would go about establishing change and securing their equality within society because that would do the complete opposite. Yeah. Like everybody would view them as like Nazis. It's like, are you fucking crazy? Like that's how you're going to protest is mm-hmm. killing kids? I mean, you're yeah. You're crazy for that. Like but, you can't do that shit. But but that's what it sounds like. Not what it sounds yeah, like, yeah, but, yeah. but that's like what that is kind of alluding a little not that that not directly yeah but those implications like oh like what did you expect you Mm. know like what like you shouldn't have expected anything less after the like uh oppression um uh, that this bill or legislation you know passed on this community of people but then it's like 
I don't know. That's like, that's a crazy line to cross. Like for someone to even say that out loud, mm-hmm. right? Because you said that, you know, yeah, people it's are an actually, official statement. Like for someone to say that out loud when there are literal child, child's lives involved. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, it definitely sounds like a declaration of war from their end. And just like you said, it's kind of like, oh, like what do, like what did you expect? You know, I told you so. And then they'll like blame, you know, the the oh my gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? They'll blame like authorities of Tennessee and stuff, the people that passed the exactly. the bill and stuff. They'll blame them when when they weren't like i understand like they they passed this thing that that's oppressing a group of people or makes them feel like they don't have any rights or 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 whatever but my point is like they still weren't the ones that picked up their gun and went f- like free shooting at a, a school where three third graders died right you know what i mean and three like it could have been grandparents because they were all 60, I believe, like the three staff members. I think Adults so. that died. Yeah. They were all like 60. Like they could have been grandparents. They they are parents. They could be like, you know, yeah, they, have their own children, even if they're adults already. They deliberately chose the two segments of the population that are the most vulnerable and the most um, like uh, helpless kind of, you know, yeah, old. which are children and just senior citizens. And and another thing that I was gonna say, uh, wait, hold on, I have to gather. Oh, what was I gonna say? I just got all passionate. People were saying that they saw. Uh, I don't know if it's like he's like a governor or something, or 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 not a governor, but he's like an authority figure. I wish I knew ex- his exact title. In in tennessee in nashville specifically and he had a christmas card with his family where they're all holding guns mm. i don't know did you see that no I okay see that. i'll pull it up but if you have anything else you could continue hold on uh tennessee um but um yeah i just feel like it's just um an interesting kind of tipping point and i also read an article recently that said something about what did it say it said something about the number of something trans or the num the num the amount of people oh oh okay okay it was an article that said that the amount of media products meaning uh tv shows movies and all that good stuff that are kind of like that that kind of revolve around the lgbtq plus kind of agenda right Mm -hmm. the amount of those media products is on a decline Mm. and the group the lgbtq plus group said that that's very unfortunate and that it makes them very sad but basically networks are now coming to the realization that if they continue with all this woke bullshit and just forcing these ideologies down people's throats they're realizing that box office sales are plummeting. Um, they, uh, people aren't subscribing to their streaming networks to stream these movies, or 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 these products aren't being streamed as much as they thought thought they would. And so they're just realizing that it's not good for business. 
And that's essentially what it is. And so like now they're probably going to just pivot back to the old ways of doing content and just producing films and, and just kind of like normalize the whole thing um, while also trying to be inclusive, but like not as heavily uh, handed, if you will, you know, like they're just yeah. trying to always like make stuff like very evident and very woke. And so instead of doing that, the solution, which has always been the main solution, in my opinion, is just include it in a way where it's actually believable that there's like legitimate equality to like to be found in these products you know yeah where where it's not the focal point of like yeah. of that character or of that you know person or whatever exactly. and we've talked about that before where we were saying like production companies like creating films and stuff uh just do these like swap outs uh, where they just swap out, like, oh, okay, let's swap out their sexuality to this, and then, you know, and mm -hmm. and it's overdone, where it's just like this uh, repetitive equation that they've been using in almost every movie now, For where sure. it's like if if a if a couple is uh, gay, right, or or homosexual couple, like you're going like. It, it's so like in your face because they don't just do it naturally mm -hmm. you know like they even have to like state it out loud like they don't just let it be implied like it's just a given like there there was never movies where a straight couple like announced that they were straight right. and i feel like that's i feel like that's what the difference is it's just it's just the um uh what's the word I guess it's just the way the way that it's depicted. I I don't know. Yeah. But sure. I found the uh, picture. Yeah. So so this is the Christmas card. Hold on. It it's a Tennessee representative, Andy Ogles or Ol Ogles. I don't know how to pronounce that. Mm -hmm. He's a Republican who represents the district that the school, the the Covenant School, is in in Nashville. Mm. And this is his Christmas card with his family. All right, so we're gonna have to describe it for the listeners. Um, so so this Christmas card picture shows the, uh, you you said he's the, the governor. No, he's like a Republican representative in oh, Tennessee, in okay. Nashville. Yeah, so you see, <laughs> this is America. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Um, yeah, I will never understand. Look, maybe there are some of you guys who are, who, who are listening, who are like very um, adamant about gun control, not gun control, but adamant about the ability to like bear arms and and our right, our constitutional right our constitutional right to, um, you know, to like basically bear arms. And I agree with that. But one thing that I'll never understand is just this like infatuation with like weaponry, you know, I, I just don't understand it. I, I don't like, I can't see myself establishing it in my head or, or making my, my future kids kind of like understand it as something that should be, uh, kind of like not worshipped, but also praised and just mm -hmm. I, like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I just can't see myself understanding why some families want to gather around a, a massive Christmas tree holding assault rifles. The mom has a purple assault rifle. 
the two kids have assault rifles and the dad has an assault rifle and everyone's just smiling to the camera it's it's a very dystopian and just weird picture but yeah yeah it's interesting though um that's exactly what i was gonna say this is like flaunting a, a new phone or something for right. some people it, it's like not just a new phone yeah I guess it's a new phone. <laughs> or, or like instead of your kids showing off their new sneakers that they got for yeah. Christmas, like they're showing off the these guns. I mean, at least they're not pointing it at the camera, man, and they're pointing it downward. But the reason I brought it up is because people are already making comments like saying like, oh, when there's politicians like this in Tennessee or in these other states, like what do you expect when shootings happen? Right. You know, because of how, like, um, I guess how they depict how how they normalize having guns and children even like holding those guns, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like it's it's very tricky. Like, I I don't feel like I I feel like it's kind of deviating from the actual fact of the matter, which is that there was a shooter and that people lost their lives. Right. And and everyone will always try to find a way to like point their finger in a different direction where it's like, oh, well, it's 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 this person's fault because, look, they had a Christmas card with guns and it's that person's fault because they're not like um, passing more gun control laws. And it's that person's fault because they passed this bill that uh went against like trans rights and stuff and and Mm. it's you know and the list will go on and on but then when when will you like put that accountability on that person you know like on that shooter Mm -hmm. that did that thing and and maybe even like i i hate to be one of those people but i feel like if you have this thought and and not even a thought because this shooter had a whole detailed plan to go to multiple locations. Really? To, yeah. I don't know about to, that. To shoot up other locations mm-hmm. in Tennessee, apparently. Um, so my point is like someone who is who is just, and not just this person, but like every mass shooter that we've seen, like the the teenage ones, whatever, these people who are disturbed like i hate to be that person that's like the issue is yes it is guns but it it is also like mental health like these disturbances Mm -hmm. you know um because to 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 pass that off as like oh like it was a fit of rage towards the bill that was passed or whatever that's completely that that's like completely out of pocket to not address like there there has to be like mental instability right to to even think up something like that and i think we've I'm like, like touched screaming on this. in the mic <laughs> yeah it's not good for the listeners Whoops, sorry guys um but i think that we've touched on this in the past where where it's important to have thorough mental health screenings before you are able to acquire these guns and from what i've read uh this uh this this uh, shooter was able to acquire all of the guns and all of the weaponry used to commit this atrocious act legally. So I think that the law is kind of at fault because it's just unable to really screen for mental health. It's like people just aren't being 
um, tested properly and aren't being evaluated rather. Yeah. And I think that the same thing happens with the police force. You know, like you have a lot of mentally unstable, emotionally unequipped and just um, uncapable people who are just able to join the police force and then they're handed a badge and a gun and and off you go, you know, and then and then that's why you inevitably have these incidents where like these people don't care if they have a body cam, like they're still going to beat up somebody. They're still going to shoot somebody in the head. They're still going to overreact and and underserve certain populations, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's not a matter of 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 individual uh prowess or individual uh potential but rather it it like it's more about institutional oversight yeah that's what we're missing or in this case federal oversight and statewide oversight you know but in a lot of states like you just walk into a walmart it's like i'm just gonna buy me a new shotgun and then yeah, that's, that's it. Uh, that's crazy. And it, and it doesn't matter if you uh, have a history of abusing your wife, of beating your children, of beating your wife, of whatever the fuck it is. If you have all these, if, if you're a tax-paying citizen, here you go. If you're an American, here you go, because this is your constitutional right. Mm. Um, but do you have anything else no, about that topic? No, but I do agree. Like it's an issue all around. Like it's guns, it's mental health, it's it's this division in our country you know um it's it's everything it's just negligence that's all i'll say yeah um but i've always advocated for stricter gun control laws like i don't like no one is saying oh don't no one can have guns Mm -hmm. it's just because some people just feel like they need it for defensive reasons you know yeah if if worse comes to worse or whatever the case is um but but yeah like there there is like a fine line where there there has to be control in terms of like i feel like there's way too many households out there that do have them and that maybe shouldn't yeah um the number of is rather high but Mm -hmm. yeah yeah for sure that's it all right uh the next topic reads musk and top ai researchers call for pause on giant ai experiments Elon Musk and a group of AI researchers have signed an open letter calling for a pause on the developing large-scale AI systems. The letter cites the profound risks to society and humanity posed by these systems, noting that they're being developed at an out-of-control pace. It calls for a six-month pause on training AI systems more potent than ChatGPT4. It also calls for the development of shared safety protocols. So here we go again with Elon Musk, right? Um, yeah. Who has been notorious, uh, notoriously caught or or known rather for being very contra- like contradictory and just very um, hypocritical, I think. You know, like he'll like say that AI is dangerous and that uh, the development of, of ultra advanced robots could could result in the in the end of humanity itself and then he goes off and just develops optimus which (laughs) is his version of of Uh, ultra advanced ai robot right 
And that's exactly what I was going to say. Like the amount of times that he's gone back and forth is is ridiculous. Yeah. Like he'll exactly what you said. Like he'll say that we need to be wary of AI development because there are risks and there are you know it it can be uh, it can cause an impending doom on humanity. Like all these different things. But then, and but then they're they're all behind the scenes. Still mm-hmm. developing yeah. AI because because maybe they're fascinated by just what they're what they've been capable to do up until this point already that now that the ball is rolling they mm-hmm. don't want to stop it but they do have to take into consideration you know what they said like these profound risks that that would you know uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh I can't even speak. Yeah, these um, far-reaching implications that will have a profound uh, side effect on humanity. It's crazy. To say the very least. But um, that's kind of like my thoughts too on this and like why I think that this um, open letter or this initiative by Elon Musk and these AI researchers uh, won't work because I feel every single major tech company has a vested business interest in developing an ultra advanced um ai system that can be readily available to the general population because again like it's just profit right so so it doesn't matter if it's gonna doom all of mankind as long as it makes money yeah and it satisfies um shareholders then then we're golden and in this article uh this is a verge article it says that the letter is unlikely to have any effect on the current climate in ai research which has seen tech companies like google and microsoft rush to deploy new products often sidelining previously avowed concerns over safety and ethics but it is a sign of the growing opposition to this ship it now and fix it later approach, which is also um, just a side note. This is also the same philosophy that Mark Zuckerberg had when 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 he started out creating Facebook. He said that uh, it's always best for, for a innovator to create thing. No, it's create and break things or it's like move move and, and move move and break things, I think is his like philosophy, but essentially it's just it's just that idea that you don't try to perfect the product before you release it. You release the product, even if it's subpar and in terms of quality and performance. And then you get live feedback, direct feedback from people who use this product. And you use that feedback in, in turn to better the product itself. Huh. So, so, so you basically release an unfinished horse kind of. And yeah. then you just let that horse run even if it could barely run but then eventually it'll be galloping you know and just perfect it quote-unquote along the way yes which (laughs) which i mean which my skeptical side right now is also thinking that elon musk wants to put a pause of six months which is an interesting time frame and it's very exact but i think that he he just wants to buy time for his company and his team to develop in ultra advanced chat ai so that six months from now, after he has proposed this like peace treaty, he comes out and just drops the most advanced uh, chat AI because he's like crossing his fingers and hoping that other companies get scared a little bit. And 
But I think he's just baiting other companies so that he can benefit from this like fear of AI. But you know what I was going to say? I think that they're all so like conniving and manipulative enough themselves that they'll do the same. And that yeah, it'll man. still be in competition when the six months is over. Like they they behind the the scenes will be also Yeah. No one's gonna like stop. advancing. Yeah, no one will stop. No one will stop. They just won't announce it publicly. Because everybody wants a bigger yacht. Because this is something. Oh, sorry. Did you finish? Yeah. This is something that I wanted to say that Bill Gates released like a seven-page letter about AI and his predictions for its future, and and he quoted like the age of AI has begun. So it's like we're entering a new era, and it's so terrifying to me. Yeah, because that guy's of, so full of himself too. I hate that guy. Be, because of these people, like I, I'm placing my, you know, not my trust, but I'm, I'm essentially we're all like placing our lives on the line. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, our fate is in question with these top dogs, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, whoever else like developing these things that they know are dangerous mm -hmm. but then won't stop it's yeah. like won't postpone it like actually postpone it leave it for like they feel like they have only their lifetime to complete their work exactly and that's terrifying because <laughs> i'm thinking about they're not going to be here much longer mm, so i don't think anyone's going to be here much longer it's so scary though it's so scary but I just wanted to say some things that he pointed out. So he just talked about like what AI will do, um, you know, for education, what it'll, what it'll do for health. But then there's one part that's like under risks and problems. And one of the questions that people have is, will AIs develop their own goals that deviate from human goals? Mm -hmm. And then in this seven page letter, he writes, there's the possibility that AIs will run out of control. Could AI decide that humans are a threat, conclude that its interests are different from ours, or stop caring about us? Question mark. And then that's like his statement on that. Yeah, and it could be the whole thing that we are just um, we are just stepping stones to a new species, which I think we talked about yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it just goes back to that. It's like it may be possible that similar to like chimpanzees and our earlier um long distant relatives on the uh ev evolutionary e evolutionary scale um they like we kind of just left them behind you yeah know, ai could also leave us behind and and this was like his last qu quote where he said finally we should keep in mind that we're only at the beginning of what ai can accomplish Whatever limitations it has today will be gone before we know it. That's very reassuring and very nice. Of yeah, him to like say. <laughs> I feel comforted. I feel I'm. Um, I feel like my lifespan will go go up to like a hundred. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Bill Gates. Cool guy. Always coming to the rescue. Anytime <laughs> there's like a huge crisis or like world scale humanity crisis, he's always there to just give us some comfort be it with his um vaccine technologies and his enthusiasm regarding 
the COVID or whatever it is. He's just always there. The only person with glasses that I trust is Harry Potter. Yeah, me too. But here we have uh, Bill Gates. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. But um, speaking of scary stuff, uh, here's another thing that I read. Scary new AI will tell you the perfect things to say during a date. Stanford students have created Riz, that's R-I-Z-Z, <laughs> GPT, so it's called Riz GPT, an AI tool that generates responses for awkward conversations during a date or job interview using GPT-4 and OpenAI's whispers. Worn as AR glasses, which is aug- augmented reality glasses, the, the device has received mixed reactions. Uh, quote, we put this in Avenue 5 as a scary joke. Now it's real and I'm scared and not laughing. One, one, of, the, one of the students responsible commented. Another quipped, we're going from zero to full black mirror in no time. And in this video, which is kind of like demonstrating uh, the, the, use of this, the use of this technology shows somebody wearing augmented reality glasses and in the bottom corner of their glasses they have a prompt a um text basically like a paragraph of what they can say like exactly what they can say to generate conversation or to start conversation to like break the ice what and so these glasses essentially they take in the input from the conversation Mm -hmm. uh from the person that you're talking to and then it just uses its AI magic to determine what path is best to like take after that moment. Oh gosh. And so to me, like this was interesting because um, in my opinion, we are slowly but surely getting to a point where we will not have to think critically for ourselves anymore, you know? And I feel like that's part of the broader conspiracy, if you will, of the powers that be and the powers that govern this world is that that's what they want. They want people to become more reliant on AI technologies and they want people to just um, fully be like be fully reliant 
on just uh, social media, influencers, celebrities, uh, AI, robots, all of these outside elements to speak for them and yeah. to think for them so that they don't have any power in this world. And so you just strip away any need for any of that. Ah, oh, that's... Which should be innate and should be like one of the biggest qualities for a human being to have. But because of conveniences, which is what I've always talked about, is that all these like technologies and like world shattering shifts, paradigm shifts, all happened through the packaging of convenience mm -hmm. so it's like oh like it's convenient ai is convenient it's gonna help you get laid it's gonna help you score with a hot 10 hot 10 or whatever be it a boy or a girl and that should be enough for people to like buy it and just eat it up and just use it consume it and rely on it and then it gets to a point where that's all you do is that you just rely on that thing uh it, it's just crazy to me because that feels like the one thing that kind of distinguishes us from you know like you were saying where it's like we we are like our ability to communicate and use like verbal communication and to socialize and stuff um for for even that to become something that that can be done by ai or or that doesn't have to be you don't have to be human to do something like that like with even with chat gpt you know where it's just uh um <laughs> what's the words i'm looking for sorry guys i'm like at a blank here but where where it can come up with like these like prompts for you and mm. like you said where you're not even thinking for yourself it just makes you wonder oh what's what's what i'm trying to say sorry i'm okay. like lost but but anyways it just makes you wonder what will ever like when when it does get to a point where ai is more integrated in our society like what will what will discern us as still being human right anymore. i don't think anything will like we'll just be null you yeah, know like yeah, no. yeah we we will be no different than the machine counterparts than our machine counterparts and we will be inferior to them because we are finite we are limited in our meat vessels and they will be just interconnected you know like uh infinite and all-encompassing and we'll become reliant on it, you know? Yeah, yeah. We're going to become slaves to AI. And we already are slaves of technology. Yeah. So we are, we already, like, most people listening to this, including myself, by the way, like, most people listening to this do not leave their houses without their phones. Yeah. Ever. Um, I can't remember the last time I left the house without my phone um it's like we've just been conditioned and kind of programmed to have this feeling and this anxiety and this um angst about leaving the house and like what if i get into a car accident what if i have an emergency and i need to call someone it's like all of these thoughts that just stem from our reliance and our addiction to this piece of technology so therefore we can't leave the house without it even if it's to go get starbucks across the highway or or go anywhere you know like travel yeah. like five minutes away from home 
and it's it's just the truth and like that's the bulk of the the world population well i i won't say the world population because there are countries that are like less reliant and just more i guess like stoic in certain aspects of life but in the u.s at least i bet you that 80 percent and i'm just throwing that number and just like I, I, like i don't know just winging it but yeah well, yeah i just think that it's interesting um do you have anything else no you yeah i'm just gonna end it with with this last uh news article um there's not much to like talk about it but it itself is just interesting and also funny and also pretty sad so uh talking about sad things when it comes to humanity um this one says you can buy robert downey jr's chewed gum for the very cheap and and affordable affordable price of million forty thousand dollars Oh, okay. So you can get Iron Man's chewed piece of gum that's about the size of a quarter oh from the gosh. picture that I see here uh, for $40,000. An eBay user is auctioning off Robert Downey Jr.'s chewed gum for $40,147.47, claiming to have acquired it when the actor jokingly put it on the star during John Favreau's Hollywood Walk of Fame ceremony. The gum will be sent in a plastic container and can be tested for Downey's DNA, but it cannot be returned, said the seller. The gum's auction will end on April 1st, and the price may go higher if other bidders participate. Oh my gosh. I just found this super like crazy, and it, the first thing that came to my mind, which I just wanted to share, was the idea of cloning and the idea of like DNA and just buying someone else's dna it's it's again it's it's very in line with the with the overarching dystopian theme of this episode yeah like you're gonna dish out forty thousand dollars on 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 this like actor's gum that this other human being just because he's good at pretending to be a superhero to not notice the camera inside of a studio and pretending to like play this character yeah all of a sudden like his gum and his trash and his like excrements are worth more and valued more because of that like that's what's fascinating oh. about humans and that's what i find myself just like thinking whenever i can't sleep at night like i'm like wide awake <laughs> just like thinking about how crazy and just stupid humans can be or valued at all like this right, wouldn't this wouldn't naturally be valued you know yeah cali like, like cali's gum <laughs> Uh, Callie was seen spitting his gum outside of his car while driving on his highway and then you see just a swarm of people trying to find the gum on the fucking highway like you don't see that happen why because yeah. I'm Callie and I'm not Iron Man if, like imagine if we were that like if we valued something as simple as a piece of gum that much like nobody would ever throw out their gum yeah you know I'm saying like a typical person like everyone would save it in a bag and then it's like oh this one's worth a thousand my gum my chewed up gum today and what's interesting <laughs> is that is that robert downey jr is valued this much because of a fictional character meaning something that doesn't exist yeah and also even if it's fictional right this fictional character was written up by a person that was not robert downey jr the lines in the script were given to him by other people 
And all he did really was act as a vessel to convey the essence of of this message of like other people around him. Yeah. And still he is the one that's being targeted to be uh deemed um not not willing, deemed um <laughs> I also can't speak today, deemed worthy of all of these like praise and, and yeah it's you, just wild man it's crazy you if you ever stop to think about that like how beloved these like characters in films become that so much so that the actors themselves become beloved you know mm. people but then uh, but then like you said like they weren't it's not like they came up with this role for themselves yeah. Like there's someone behind the script that that imagined this, you know, that. And I bet you that if you were to get the piece of gum that was spat out by one of the script writers for one of the most iconic Iron Man uh, scenes in yeah. all of the Iron Man movies and all of the Marvel movies, nobody would give a fuck. Yeah. Because I mean, someone, someone one person out there probably would but one person would probably bid like 10 bucks yeah and then no one else would bid it yeah and like that's but that's the reality of it is that we just want to live vicariously through stuff and even actors like they do that as well like they live vicariously through their characters and through their um you know roles essentially and it's this idea but then the irony is that robert downey jr made a whole career and a whole life out of just living vicariously through something that doesn't exist and we in turn want to live vicariously through him and through other actors and actresses when we when we watch movies when we aspire to be like certain people and it's just like this vicious cycle that's just not founded on anything of substance and that's what blows my mind it's like why do we praise and why do we want to like like look i'm i'm a fan of a lot of actors and actresses even even though we we are known as being the um, conspiracy podcast and we talk about how satanic and how Masonic Hollywood is like in terms of just like things that make you feel emotions like you can't deny that. Right. And we can't deny that. So there are movies that make me cry that that make me reconsider my whole existence. Like the Truman Show, for example, made me just like kind of like wake up in certain aspects of my life and like reconsider certain things it, it inspired me to create like a review that actually did well on tiktok and i posted and, it, and that review resonated with other people it was like a spoken word poem uh poem slash review that i made but my point being is i don't even know what my point being was um <laughs> my point being is that is that it's just weird but also interesting how how we humans just like it's just weird where like where we place our values i feel you were saying like you you have a love for movies as well yeah like that's i feel like that's where you were going with your point but that maybe people like some people take yeah. it too far yeah i think i think that that's where i was going maybe yeah probably that even though i have that love for certain things I would never do that. Like, yeah. like I would never like give it too much value. So if I see Robert Downey Jr. eating at a table next to mine, I'm like, I, I genuinely don't think that I would be the person to bother anyone's peace yeah. of mind. I think that 
I would be even kind of like ashamed or or just like uh, uh, embarrassed. I, embarrassed to even whip out my phone and like try to discreetly film that person because like to me, then it becomes that like weird zoo animal mm. relationship. You know, it's like it's like these people are always on display and they owe us this like satisfaction, which I don't think is the case. So my point is, I would value that person as another human being. So if Robert Downey Jr. Uh, was 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 like having a manic episode without anyone knowing and just like decided to get up and just freaking spill my drink and stuff, I would treat him like another human being and I, and I would be pissed. Like, what the fuck is your problem, you know? Yeah. So it wouldn't be I'm like, like, no, oh, oh, don't worry, Mr. Stark. Like, oh, I have, I have oh Mr. Steak. Stark, you, you <laughs> can slap me too. Slap me and call me a bad boy. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of, like, uh, that's uh, that seems like a lot of people's fascination with um, Pedro Pascal at the moment. Yeah. I think people, look, look, I I have had, I have had, like, a, I feel like, not I'm not gonna say everybody, but a lot of people have had like a a fictional character crush where it's like, oh, yeah. you know, like, you know, well, I don't know if that's normal, but I feel like a lot of people take it way too far now. Like it's borderline obsessive, where they save like all these different pictures of the person. Yeah. where they're creating videos of the person these like edits um there's like a, a meme going around of like pedro pascal eating a sandwich and uh, you know like on tiktok and stuff you've seen it yeah and and everyone's just attaching it to their videos and and it's what you said that they're not even viewed as human beings anymore because because what if someone did that to you I don't think anybody ever stops and and thinks about that, like how uncomfortable they would feel yeah. if there was like a a five second clip of them like eating, just being used, you know, um, how like tedious, annoying, uh, maybe uncomfortable that would make you feel, like people creating these edits of you that are like hyper sexualizing you when, especially when your role when your role in these movies and shows like has nothing to do with like promoting anything sexual it's basically about being like a father figure especially in the last of us yeah and and then people just you know like but it's because a lot of a lot of today's society a lot of the members of today's society lack a father figure and that's why we have what i call a a father figure epidemic it's like that's why young men young susceptible and lost men gravitate towards people like andrew tate people like jordan peterson people like pedro pascual or pascal right His name? yeah pascal pascal um all uh joe rogan is another one so it's just honestly it's just broken families and i feel that's another conspiracy that the higher ups and the elites are are in my opinion trying to accomplish it's a goal of theirs to disrupt the traditional family unit, which they're doing a great job at doing so, and just basically um, making it not normal anymore for you to have a strong knit and strong traditional, even if it seems conservative type of family. It's like a mom, a dad, kids, 
and they have their problems but they have a strong bond and they establish a strong bond and so we are growing up in this society where that's just non-existent and so people search for it outside of themselves and elsewhere you know yeah yeah that is true because they they'll even use terms like uh like uh dad vibes or like or straight up daddy or like daddy yeah, yeah. i was gonna say that one <laughs> or daddy it's like Oh man, or Dilf, you know, like yeah, dads I'd like to fuck. Dads I'd like to fuck, and, and stuff. then milfs too, like milfs, and and it's the same thing. Yeah, like it, it goes both ways. It's just a parent. It's a it's a parent figure. It's like the the patriarchy. Look, everything that's happening nowadays is to undermine the patriarchy. People say, you know, and excuse me. Um, end of the patriarchy, fuck the patriarchy. But the consequences of that movement and that goal is what we are seeing now. It's like it's this power void. It's this um, empty space that needs to be filled. And the question is, what is it going to be filled by? And is it going to benefit us in the long term? And I guess we'll just have to find out. And you'll find out. On the next episode of <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> That's funny how when you used to watch it not too long ago. Yeah, I watched it uh, a year or two ago, which a lot of people will be quick to say, that show, it's satanic, it's satanic. Again, there are things that just make me feel certain emotions, and I enjoy those things, and I enjoy Dragon Ball Z. Because um, I like the whole idea of just personal development and always pushing yourself past your limits. And so like, I gather value where I see them and yeah that, that that's all i have to say about my yeah. my guilty pleasure of dragon ball z at one point in my life and or various points in my life you're not gonna let that stop like i don't think that anyone should let that stop you like oh you see one symbol in a movie and then you're just like up and out of the theater like you can if if you're if you're um what's the word i'm looking for <laughs> Uh, 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 oh, I'm like, I'm like, I feel like, uh, I feel like an imbecile. But while you search for that word, I know. Wait, uh, hold on. If if you're like aware of it, like just let it be that. But but you don't have to let it override your whole experience of it. Is all I was gonna say. And that's actually what what I was gonna say too. Is that. is that the important thing is to recognize these symbols. And as long as you're recognizing symbols and you're not letting these symbols kind of go unnoticed and then just creep into your subconscious and just manipulate you in a way that you can't understand, um, then you should be fine, you know? So it's like understanding that certain things are always going to borrow certain elements of the occult and certain elements of maybe Satanism and you can't really do anything to change that because you don't have any say power when it comes to producing certain types of content. Mm. You are a consumer, but um, again, maybe you see values in these things that kind of override your um, your your hesitancy to consume that content, if that makes sense. So, yeah. So, but in doing so in consuming then that's when you make sure that you have all of your tools and all of your weapons and that you're well equipped with (laughs) the um, ability to recognize these symbols and understand them thoroughly so that they don't affect you and don't corrupt you i'd say 
exactly that. But <laughs> exactly that. That was exactly what I was thinking. It was on that, the tip of my I, tongue. No, hey, I was. That's <laughs> it. That is exactly like I couldn't have said that any better. Um, just like I said, it doesn't. You don't have to. You don't have to stop enjoying because because there there will be like enjoyable things, you know, to a film, for example, or a song. If there is for you, you don't have to let like something, uh, sim like symbols, for example, obstruct that enjoyment of the thing that you're enjoying. Right. All right. Uh, do you have anything else? Nope. All right. So with that being said, guys, uh, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Mentally Gone Daily. Uh, we said that this is episode 23, right? Yeah. My brain is fried like some eggs right now. Yeah. And you guys can't see, but my eyes are like almost closing and I feel like I am due for a nap because I didn't nap today. Uh-oh. Yeah. Somebody needs a little <laughs> nappy. Uh-oh. Someone needs to not nappy. <laughs> you no, better I drink a nappy. cup of coffee like Shut a up. big boy. Said the person who napped before we <laughs> sat down. And that's why her brain is foggy because she literally just woke up. <laughs> so hypocrite right here. Good morning. Good morning. And it's currently 6 p.m. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys. So uh, thank you again. And we did this one a little later. Some days will be a little earlier. Uh, we can't really, honestly, like we can't really afford to commit to like a time for anything because because we're still trying to figure things out ourselves and trying to just um, show up every day. So once we establish that, then we'll establish like a fixed time where we have this episode posted every day at a certain time. Certain days it'll be during the morning. Other days it'll be uh, <laughs> early afternoons and other days it'll be evenings like today. But our goal is to just do it daily. Yeah. That's so the name of the show. It's not called the 8 a.m. Yeah, and daily it's, show. it's mentally gone. So what did you expect? Like, we're not yeah. going to have a fixed time. Like, what do you want me to do? And, <laughs> and also, man, you know, like a lot of these podcasts, like they try so hard to be professional. And this is just a little rant, but they try so hard to be professional just because so-and-so's already well-consolidated, huge platform uh, does it a certain way. These like small creators try to just establish themselves as like super professional. And I feel like that takes away from the element that makes you unique. It's like we are just humans and that's what we try to really uh, get across every single time that we create any piece of content is that we're just humans and we're just really trying to figure it out. We both struggle with our own like mental health issues. Like we struggle with our own emotional issues and we struggle with our own psychological issues and just all, all, all the issues. And, and we still try to overcome them every single day in order to create these things. And so what you are listening to and what you see and hear, just know that it's a result of a very arduous um, battle, like many arduous battles, rather, that we have to overcome just to get to that very simple uh, end product that, that seems simple to a lot of people. And, and look, I'm going to say this, too, because... This is going to sound controversial, but a lot of people think that whenever you build this platform or you're or you're someone who's like developed uh, who's developed a platform and and uh, how do I explain? But 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 my point is like people think that that when you're there, like you have this like, quote unquote, fan base, like you owe it to them to 
produce more for them Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna just say this and it'll sound like super controversial but like i don't do anything out of this this feel that i owe it to anyone other than myself right you know and and i feel like that's like the most like average human being thing i can say like i'm not i'm not like the this next like superstar singer and and even them like that's that's how i feel it's like these people don't owe anyone anything right you know like what what they owe is to themselves it's like they i mean i don't know it, it it's a tricky line because then it's like oh you have a platform you should use it i'm not saying like in all aspects but i'm saying like just in general like the the act of creating this art that you're involved in creating right like i see this as an art for me it's like i i enjoy doing podcasts and i and it's something i need to do for myself it feels good to do Mm -hmm. you know um it's it it puts my mind in the right place and stuff but my point is that i will never feel like oh like i i owe it to these other people because that starts like devaluing like my own self-worth and what i owe for me so if if i'm needing like a a whole year off of creating i i can't feel guilty for that is my point so when we take like a week off i i no longer want to feel guilty like oh i owed it to these um hundreds of thousands of people for example to produce content Mm-hmm. because if i needed that week off and i just so happened to take it it's right. like uh, that's what i owed to myself and i feel like everyone should selfishly have that but unfortunately like some people you know people have jobs and stuff they don't have that same like liberty yeah but but that's the way i see it is like i don't see podcasting as a job i i see it as an art form and there I are, see it as an outlet yeah like there are people who you know like painters who never revisit a work of art that they started Mm -hmm. you know and that's it and and it'll be left unfinished it's it's not like they felt like they needed they owed it to anybody to finish that painting right and i feel like to me it's 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 kind of similar but um to me i just view it as when you go on a plane and if the plane is about to crash or there's anything happening where the the um, oxygen mask kind of drops down for each passenger Mm. they usually instruct you to put the oxygen mask on yourself before assisting the person next to you yeah so even if it's a kid next to you if it's an elderly person they still say that you have to put the oxygen mask on yourself Mm -hmm. because otherwise you will be of no use and of no service for the person next to you and for those around you so you have to just be kind of like selfish in that aspect, which in my opinion shouldn't be labeled as selfish, but there's no better uh, term in the English dictionary to really describe it. But you have to be selfish in order to be selfless. And and I feel like that's why we take our, the, the, the breaks that we do. And that's why I said like we each battle our own internal demons on a daily basis and we lose a lot of those battles, but we eventually come around victorious and then that's when we choose to spend that that time with 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 you guys essentially you know it's just like yeah creating this content and just establishing a community and trying to build on that community and trying to 
you know, try to have better engagement and just actually try to like actually try to connect with other humans. And, and like that's my biggest motivational uh, force, I guess, or the, my motivational element. Mm. I don't know. I can't speak, but that's my biggest uh, motivation is just to make sure that I'm good and then try to establish a human connection with the world and with as many people as possible. And then in doing that, it closes that loop where that makes me feel fulfilled and happy. Yeah. So the more I do this podcast and the more I communicate and the and the more I focus on just growing and building our platform, the more satisfied I get because of the fact that I'm actually delivering, hopefully, some form of value, even if it's just a distraction from your miscellaneous task and you just enjoy hearing our banter and our back and forth and you don't really care about the content itself but maybe you just like my voice and maybe you just like gabrielle's voice it doesn't like it could be entertainment it could be actual like knowledge thing like maybe you actually look to us to deliver news or just crazy news mm-hmm. so it could vary you know or maybe you really enjoy the um very uh, small portions of each episode when we divulge in um personal issues and just um personal banter and conversations so and and that's what i was gonna say too like i do feel fulfilled when i see you know i always say like you can go look at youtube comments like i put so much effort into commenting back to people and like actually reading and thoroughly writing out responses because that actually makes me feel fulfilled in doing that like having these conversations with people and i've even said like in discord chat before where i was like oh like you guys are like online friends because i don't even have any friends in real life you know um but i wanted to say that i have such like deep imposter syndrome where i feel like i don't really think that anyone uh cares or i'm like anything significant like a significant part of their day that that i'm like thinking of it that way and then that's why i said like the way that i frame what i do on my day-to-day life is like i is what i need to do for myself it's like what fuels me and you know keeps me pushing through uh mental you know mental health mental battles and whatever and 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 that's just how i like how how i view it because i like i don't i can't even wrap my head around the idea that someone's like turning this on and like listening it's listening to it on their way to work so yeah yeah because because i've always been like in a very big uh, is 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 it proponent a very big advocate for the power of podcasts but i would always kind of like view it as like oh i listen to these already famous podcasters like joe rogan i listen to these um you know like uh educational podcasts on like business topics and whatnot and so so to me it was all like it it always had that commercial feel to it and i don't think that our stuff is like hyper professional at all like by any stretch by any measurement and any metric but it's just fascinating to me to think that someone listens to this uh very very amateur (laughs) attempt at a podcast 
yeah by two people who are still trying to like work on like communicating and like trying to just practice communication trying to become better speakers and just relay news and information better versus like just listening full-time to someone like joe rogan who has an entire lifespan of just experience with communication and communicating with people be it be it on stage as a comedian be it as a ufc announcer yeah like a like that guy is a great communicator because of all this like all these years of experience you know so us here who have no experience and you're and and you're here with us just listening and just being a part of this conversation is amazing and it's very humbling to me for sure but again i don't i can't even believe it so yeah <laughs> so until i meet you guys in person and we have a conversation and stuff i i'll wait to which by the way if you ever see us in public um and you just want to say hi like feel free to say hi you know <laughs> yeah and not like uh like i we're like i know i don't mean it in a way that's like oh like someone's gonna recognize me in public because nobody has thus far yeah. you know and and i you know like i kind of prefer that a little bit oh well, i don't know but in the sense of like if people end up do recognizing us i would hope that it's like very you know cordial it's like very just human it's like positive just, yeah like, positive like we vibes. just have a chat like it's not like oh like let me get your autograph and you know like i would find that so i don't think anyone asks oh for gosh. autographs like, nowadays i think people usually just go for photos oh i find this so cringe like cringy though like the i don't find it cringy i i no i find like the act because again like i don't i don't see myself as being above anybody oh, right, you know right. like so like you asking for my autograph like it, something like that for example i'm just like but i'm but, just like uh like but i view that that thing like i get what you're saying <laughs> but i feel like it's more of an act of like admiration so so if if someone brings a lot of value to your life and you see them and you create this like space where it's very inviting and just very cordial just like you said and it's very respectable um then it's okay to kind of like make that leap if you will if it, if it really means a lot to you so if i ever like met joe rogan it, at an environment where the purpose was maybe to like meet him and like greet him you know like a meet and greet um and he was already like offering autographs and stuff like i would take one because mm -hmm. like that to me is just interesting you know because like this guy has changed my life a lot yeah yeah i get what you mean uh, again guys i'm just so like i'm so weird I, i'm a nut like literally i'm a nut i'm a nut that's, like, what, she, <laughs> that's what she said i i am like my dad nutted <laughs> yo i'm a nut in my, in my mom and then i was created yeah, <laughs> we're all just a nut <laughs> everybody listening to this is just a nut and that's gonna be the final uh sentence and the, and the main takeaway from this whole episode is that everybody's a nut and both uh it, it and it's kind of like a double entendre really but yeah. everybody's a nut and here at mentally gone we're all we're, nuts we're all nuts and we're all nutting and we nut all the time and <laughs> with that being said thank you again and this time officially this is the official sign out thanks again for listening for taking your time to actually indulge 
us a little bit and and uh stick it through uh this was a rough episode because i'm literally almost falling asleep i swear if the cameras were on and this was on youtube like our other podcast you guys would see me blinking like one eye's blinking the other eyes open the other eye kind of blinks lower than the other one and i and i just need to like lay down and just nap um yes and now mute your mic mute my mic yeah and with that being said, like, thank you for tuning in uh, with your favorite host of this podcast, Gabriela Lopes. And, <laughs> and uh, see you guys later. Oh, and uh, sorry, guys, it just cut off really quickly. <laughs> um, but thanks for listening to the solo episode of Cali Lacerda um, and his and his only um, mentally gone podcast platform. And don't forget that it's never, never wrong. wrong to be mentally gone. Peace, Peace to, to the, the world. world. Mwah. Yay.